0: this first letter to Corinth, chapter 3, verses 3 to 17. For as long as there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving according to human inclinations? For when one says, I belong to Paul, and another, I belong to Apollos, are you not merely human? What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you came to believe, as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. The one who plants and the one who waters have a common purpose, and each will receive wages according to the labor of each. For we are God's servants, working together. You are God's field, God's building. According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation, and someone else is building on it. Each builder must choose with care how to build on it, For no one can lay any foundation other than the one that has been laid. That foundation is Jesus Christ. Now if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, the work of each builder will become visible. For the day will disclose it because it will be revealed with fire and the fire will test what sort of work each has done. If what has been built on the foundation survives, the builder will receive an award, a reward. If the work is burned up, the builder will suffer loss. The builder will be saved, but only as through fire. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that the God Spirit dwells in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person. For God's temple is holy, and you are the temple.
1: Amen.
2: So some of you are probably thinking, I've heard that voice before. So just picture, for CTV News, this is Ron Shaw. And then you've got the gentleman sitting in the front row as a student minister for the Bullardry Pastoral Church. Let us pray. Lord, we gather in your presence today, thankful for the gifts of life, the gifts of church, the celebration of family and for all the good things you give Lord as we gather around your word today we just ask that the meditation of our hearts the words of my mouth and all of our spirits be with you we pray in Jesus name Amen so 115 years 115 years that's a long time I mean, there's been two world wars since then and a number of other battles across the world. I did a little bit of research and I found numbers for 1905. It's pretty close to 1906. And the average monthly expense for a family, so for food, heat, lights, rent, for for the Canadian family, the average monthly expenses for all these things was just over ten dollars. Just ten dollars. And so the average annual income for a family at that time, depending on where you lived in Canada and what you did, of course, all that, but the average average income for a Canadian family was five hundred dollars a year. So about forty dollars a month. A lot has changed. Another interesting fact I found in my research is that the population of Sydney Mines today is roughly about the same as it was 115 years ago. Now 115 years ago, the the slope was going up. And now we're kind of leveling off after after a few years of decline. We're about the same population. I found it also interesting that when we walk around the town, and you look at the dates on the cornerstones of churches, a number of them are all built right around the same time, all within a few years of one another. St. Andrews, Presbyterian, Trinity, Anglican, us, we were all built within two or three years of one another. We as Carmen United Church, we have a very long history in Sydney Mines, beyond 115 years. Uh, When you pick up, those of you who have the little history book on our church, I found one in my office the other day and I was flipping through it. And we trace our roots back to the early 1800s when the first Methodist missionaries came to Sydney Mines and, and met in houses for Bible study and prayer. We, in our history, we built the first Protestant church in Sydney Mines, located on what is now the, the land that is occupied by Sydney Mines Middle School, and that building was completed in 1840. By the turn of the century, that we were found, that they found that that building was a little too small for the growing of the church and the growing of the town. So in 1904, they started fundraising to build this place. And when all was said and done, when this building opened in 1906, this month in 1906. To build it, to furnish it, cost just over $10,000. A lot has changed. Now, over the last 115 years, there's been a lot of faces passing through this building. I think of people coming for the first time, maybe as children, with their parents to be baptized. I think of the celebrations that have happened here. Anniversaries, birthday parties, um, Weddings. I think of all that's been going on in our hall, the many, the many dinners and potlucks, CGIT, karate, parties, concerts, plays, fundraisers, and so on. And I also think of those who came to this church for the final time, for funerals. Through the highs and lows of life, Carmen has been central in the lives of many, many people, like any church. Those of you who grew up in this building have shared with me many wonderful stories of people and events that have happened in this place. And like many churches, Carmen holds a special place in the hearts of many, many people. But then we we talk today and we hear the stories and the lament that the numbers, they're not what they used to be. Givings aren't what they used to be. Times have changed. Priorities have changed. The town, it has changed. Now last week I shared some statistical numbers that we received from, a research, from research that was done on the north side over the last couple of years. and I'm not going to go through these numbers again today, but one of the things we learned is that people are lonely. People are afraid People are lacking in hope and in trust. Now, learning these things helps explain a little bit more about this complicated relationship and the interwovenness of drugs, alcohol, and poverty here in our town. All of this wrapped together into one incredibly complicated ball of yarn that is tangled together. But it also helps us explain the challenges we face As a church, trying to reach out to people to invite them to join us. When they lack hope, when they lack trust, when they're lonely and afraid, it's not just the church they've stopped going to. They've stopped going to other things as well. But all is not lost. All is not lost. We believe in a God... We we can trust. We believe in a God of hope. We believe in a God who walks with us in our loneliness and our fears. We believe in Jesus who came for these types, for people such as these. We believe in a God who loves all humankind and wants to bring love, hope, and healing to all. I also believe God is waiting for our churches to step up to step up and be his disciples, agents of his love, his healing, and his hope. Paul, in his letter to the Corinthians, said this, Brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly, mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not yet ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. Now, Paul's not wrong. The Corinthian church, they're new to the faith. They're just learning about Jesus and growing. And they're living often as the world, as society still expects them to live. And frankly, so are we. So am I. I still respond to the ways of this world as society expects me to act instead of the ways Christ expects me to act. And really, so are our churches for the most part. We need to learn. We need to grow. We need to follow in the footsteps of Jesus. We need to find a way to move beyond the milk and onto the solid food God has for us. We need to grow and mature into the image of Christ. Now this acknowledgement, this understanding of this first need is just one of the steps along the way. The willingness to know we are still like infants in our faith. There's always room to grow. And so we ask God to help us. And so as we grow, who do we follow? Do we follow Paul? Do we follow Nick? <laughs> no. <laughs> we follow Christ Jesus. Paul asked the Corinthians a question in his letter. He said, who do you follow? Is it Paul? Is it Apollos? He's asking them to consider who is the authority that they follow who is most important in their life. And so Paul goes on to say, what after all is Apollos? And what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe, as the Lord has assigned to each his task. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose and they will each be rewarded according to their labor. For we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. Paul says people plant the seeds, people water the seeds, but it is God and only God who makes it grow. My job is to plant seeds and help water them and then let God do his work. To make the seeds of faith grow. Why? Because Paul said we are co-workers. Co-workers in God's building. And we are to build that foundation. Upon Christ Jesus. When we moved back to Nova Scotia. After living in Ottawa. Anna was just a wee little baby. A few months old. We were renting a house. A big old house. It was a duplex. Three stories. But its foundation is a little... It had cracks and holes. Parts of it had started to slide off and sink. And what happens in a house when the foundation begins to do these kinds of things? The floor gets a little uneven. Going up the steps is always an adventure when they're twisted and slanted. Windows are hard, if not impossible, to open and close. You've got to slam all the doors just so they'll latch. And our washing machine... Our washing machine would go for a little trip around the house whenever it ran because the floor was so slanted. You started up and it would just start to ride down the hill. No amount of leveling could I get to make that thing stay still. Realistically, this house needed a new foundation. I mean, you just walk around the building and you can see pieces of the foundation literally falling off the house. But who's going to lift up a house that's over 100 years old, big old three story duplex? in order to put a foundation under it. Really, you're better off taking the whole thing down and rebuilding it, but rebuilding it on a solid and strong foundation. In Ephesians chapter 2, Paul writes this to the church in Ephesus, starting at verse 19. He says, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself, as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Christ is the cornerstone, Paul says. The cornerstone. It, he is the focal point of the entire foundation of the building. This is what we build upon. This is not just the foundation of our church, but it is also the foundation of our lives. Christ is the cornerstone. Now, Paul's writing somewhat figuratively about the building part. Right? You notice what he says in verse 22. He says, in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. We are the dwelling place of God. Not the building, not the church structure we're in today. We are the building. We, our lives, ourselves, we build our lives upon the foundation of Christ Jesus, his teaching, his life, his service, his sacrifice, his resurrection, his ascension to the Father. This is our foundation. We build upon these things and Christ will live in us. Not in the church, not a temple. The church is the gathering place. For the children of God to come and celebrate the gifts of God in our lives. But ultimately, Christ lives in us, our lives, our hearts. In Matthew chapter 16, Jesus asks his disciples a question. Seems to be there's a rumor going about about just who Jesus is in the community. And so Jesus asks, Who do people say I am? And the disciples respond to to Jesus, and they say, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, still others say Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. And so Jesus turns to his disciples, and he says, what about you? Who do you say I am? And Peter replies and says, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus says, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter. And on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not overcome it. Peter declared, who is the ultimate foundation? It's Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. He is the foundation. And what does Jesus say he will do? that he will take the solid rock, the strong foundation, and he will build his church and the gates of hell will not overcome it. Now, I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. It's tough to be the church right now. Numbers are down, givings are down, expenses are through the roof. It's tough to be the church today and it even looks maybe bleak at times, especially when we pick up papers and articles and it says that in North America we're closing basically a church a day in North America. And we certainly have closed our fair share of churches here in Cape Breton over the last decade or two. But I'm here to declare, to declare that all is not lost. It is not lost. In the United Church Creed, we hear these words. We trust in God. We are called to be the church, to celebrate we are not alone. Not alone. When all hope is lost, we are not alone. When we're lonely or afraid, we are not alone. When we don't know what to do, when the the challenges of life, of faith and church face us, and we struggle, we are not alone. If we accept this to be true, if we accept God is always with us, that he never leaves us abandoned or alone, then we have the start of a firm, strong foundation. And we learn about Jesus. We put our cornerstone in place that holds the whole of the foundation and the building all together. We learn about the we learn from the wisdom of the apostles and other stories in the Bible, and that foundation begins to grow. We grow, and God dwells in us. So what does the future hold? I have no sweet clue, no idea. But God does, and I know he has a plan. He has a plan for your life. He has a plan for the lives of everyone in our communities. And it's a good plan, a great plan, because it is God's plan, our Father's plan. And it comes from our Heavenly Father, the one who sent us His Son, so that we may know the depth of His love. And so Jesus could show us the way. So yes, we're celebrating 115 years here today. 115 years of over 200 years of Christian Witness in city minds that we can trace through this church. A church that started in people's homes in the early, early 1800s, where people engaged in the Bible, they prayed, they studied, they worshiped together, and they grew. As they grew, they needed more space, and so they built the church on Main Street because they did not fit in the house anymore. And in that building they continued to worship and pray and engage in the stories of the Bible and learn and grow. And soon they outgrew that little church and they built this one. And this place was full too. But times have changed. Priorities have changed. The town has changed. So we must return to the foundation. Return to Jesus as our cornerstone, and let him rebuild us from there as God's children, making us people of hope and love in the image of Christ so that we may grow, we may learn, we may worship and pray, and we may follow our God who leads us every step of the way right at our side. With Jesus Christ as our strong foundation, We are not alone. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thank you for listening to Be Still and Know, a ministry of Carmen United Church in Sydney Mines. To learn more about our ministry, please visit our website, www.carmenunited.ca. May God bless you this day.